As a listener to Intelligent Medicine, you know that fish oil provides the vital omega-3s, EPA, and DHA that support your cardiovascular, brain, nerve, vision, immune system, joint, and skin health, as well as your inflammatory balance. My preferred fish oil brand is Vital Nutrients, offering a line of 11 ultra-pure omega-3 solutions, including soft gels, liquid, and enteric-coated options in a variety of potencies. Vital Nutrients even offers a high-performance and nutrient-dense vegan omega supplement option. Vital Nutrients' line of ultra-pure omega-3 solutions are held to the most rigorous quality standards in the industry, ensuring maximum freshness, purity, and potency. I use Vital Nutrients myself and recommend it to my patients. For more information and to order, call 888-328-9992. That's 888-328-9992. Or go to vitalnutrients.co. That's vitalnutrients.co for the Vital Nutrients line of Ultra Pure Omega-3 Solutions. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and it's that time of week where we answer your questions. Questions come to questions at drhoffman.net. With me today is Layla Mutin, who's our resident nutritionist, and together we see patients in our offices in Manhattan, and uh, we also uh, both contribute to the Intelligent Medicine Newsletter. Uh, you wrote about DHEA this week, yes, Lila, and uh, I wrote about uh, disappointing uh, new weight loss uh, guidelines yeah. that still aren't with it. Uh, today, uh, check out that newsletter. Go to drhoffman.com and put in your email address, and uh, we'll send you the newsletter uh, in perpetuity. Uh, you could actually <laughs> decline the newsletter. You can actually uh, unsubscribe. Right. At any Rarely time. does that happen. We Rarely. never use your email for any other reason. Rarely does that happen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, before we get to questions, uh, I want to comment a little bit on uh, something that I led my show with, uh, my weekend program with, which was the American Academy of Pediatrics uh, did something unprecedented this year. Uh, they issued its first comprehensive guideline on evaluating, treating children and adolescents with obesity. And that may sound kind of anodyne, but actually uh, it's attracted a firestorm of controversy because um, yeah. it is the first guideline for children that actually opened up the possibility that we should be doing uh, bariatric surgery on children and we should be prescribing weight loss drugs for children. Oh, my goodness. And so, but to put this in context, this is a really serious problem. And actually, uh, on my show, I, I gave some slightly outdated statistics. Mm -hmm. uh, what I said was that the rate of obesity has soared from 1963. Remember, that 1963 is an important year. That's the date of the Kennedy assassination. Yeah. And uh, I was 11 years old. And at that time, uh, it was estimated that 4% of children were met the criteria of obese. It was a relatively uncommon. It was like one in twenty. One in twenty. Yeah. I remember there was like one guy in our, uh, you know, in our group, yeah. uh, who was. Uh, we used to call him Jug. <laughs> his name was George, but his nickname yeah. was Jug. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he was he was he's overweight. Mm-hmm. Uh, he since passed away. You know, I don't know what the cause of his uh, death was, but I, I learned of his passing. You know, possibly you know a, a obesity related uh, yeah. medical condition. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was unusual, and I can't yeah. remember any other kids really that were yeah. overweight. Uh, now it's a common place, and so I cited a statistic. Uh, the latest statistic that I had in hand was 2017-2018, before the pandemic. Obesity affected 19.3% of children ages 2 to 9, 19 mm-hmm. years of age. So from 4% in 1963 to 19% wow. in uh, 2017 to 2018. But this was before the pandemic. So that... Uh, equated to 14.4 million obese children and adolescents, not just overweight. Yes, because obese. Because I, I might have been considered overweight when I was getting a little bit of a chubette. Mm. I remember it was a little embarrassment. I went to the department store and the, and the salesman would direct us to the husky pant section. Oh, that section. was probably before your growth spurt. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And then I got... I got Everybody's scared. a little chubette then. Right, yeah. Yeah. And then I you know, <laughs> shot up and you know, became my normal you know, there you go. configuration. <laughs> anyway... Uh, but I undershot it. I undershot it mm-hmm. because I didn't have the latest statistics. Mm. A study of over 432,000 children ages 2 to 19 that was recent uh, after the pandemic or during the pandemic found the rate of body mass index increase nearly doubled during the COVID-19 pandemic compared to a pre-pandemic period. So this means that Wow. Children who were normal weight went up in BMI. They may still be normal, but they went up. Children who are overweight may have gone to the obese side. The fastest increase uh, was found in children who were already overweight or obese and with younger school-aged children. Uh, so this is, I mean, it's I, I, I commend the AAP, the American Academy of Pediatrics, for taking the initiative to recognize this big health problem. Yes. And I read their paper, uh, kind of sped read it, 345 pages or so of uh, closely uh, written text, uh-huh. and they delve into the problem. And what they talk a lot about something called, uh, the term they use is uh, intensive lifestyle intervention which means uh, promoting healthy diet and exercise. But then they, they conclude that it often isn't enough, mm. which is true. Yeah. Uh, and but, it, they, but everybody says that before they present the yes, thing that might help. Right. It's like, that's a little bit like those and commercials. Diet lifestyle if diet enough. and exercise isn't enough, take Lipitor. Yeah. Or take one of the many diabetic drugs. We almost see this in drug yeah. ads. Very, yeah. That's a good point. It's, so they kind of like lay it out and say, yeah, but it is, often it isn't enough. Right. Why isn't it enough? Maybe the paradigm they're talking about is not a good enough paradigm. They're yes. really not. I don't see. I saw one sentence mm-hmm. on very low carbohydrate diets in that. In 345 pages of dense uh, writing. And there was one uh, sentence. And it sort of damned the, the low carb diets with faint praise. They said, some studies have shown uh, some benefits of low-carb diets in children, and then they went on. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's a travesty. Yeah. So, so then they went on to and say... And it's negligent. Yeah, it, it, and it's, it's child abuse. And it and mirrors a little abuse. bit our approach to attention deficit disorder. It's like, well, you know, behavioral modification isn't enough, 
So, you know, we need these medications. And now, like, what, 20% of kids are on ADD meds. Right. Uh, And I'm afraid that they are going to open up the floodgates for surgery and drugs for weight loss for kids. Yeah. And the reason is there's a clear economic impetus for this because it opens up a whole new possibility for surgeons. and dollar signs and it also is a major boon to the pharmaceutical companies which are now coming up which actually uh, more effective weight loss drugs like yeah. ozempic and wegovy they can't they can't make enough of that stuff the demand mm-hmm. is so high and a lot of people aren't covered for insurance for that because in order to get insurance you have to demonstrate you have diabetes and i think the majority of people taking these things are taking them for weight loss yes and they have to pay a thousand bucks a month for right. these uh injectable pens right that are hard to get. Mm-hmm. They're really they call them skinny pens. Skinny really? Pens. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It has now been reported, and there's actually a, a study to this effect. Uh, there's a lot, a lot on social media, like, "Yeah, I was on those drugs, but then when I stopped, I gained all my weight back and more." Uh, mm. There is now a study that I ran I, out of Dexatrim. Yeah, I haven't read the study. I just put it by file. I'm going to read uh-huh. it and report to you on it. Uh, you know, maybe next week. Uh, where they, and this is very characteristic of drugs that produce one effect or another. For example, uh, drugs that suppress hydrochloric acid mm-hmm. in the stomach, you know, the uh, proton pump inhibitors. Proton pump inhibitors. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're so prevalent, uh, you know, proluent and, uh, you know, Prilosec. Prilosec. Nexium. Uh, uh When you stop them, your hydrochloric acid comes back with a vengeance. Yeah. It's like a boomerang effect. And I similarly, I think the body adapts to these medications. Uh, I don't think we have experience of people taking these drugs for years and years and years. Yeah. It may be that the benefits wear off or that other untoward effects may occur. Uh, but also, sometimes people stop. You know, they say, I'm too nauseous of these medications. I can't take it anymore. Yeah. That happened with a patient uh, yes. that we saw recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, well, you know, I would love to lose weight, and I, I was losing weight, but it made me so nauseous. And it, yeah. no matter what I did, you know, I cut the dose, you know, took it less, I, it was too nauseating for yeah. me. Uh, some people are very sensitive. Other people do fine, you know, they just mm-hmm. have suppressed appetite. But uh, one of its effects is it's, it's not a, a fat burner. It actually suppresses centrally in yeah. the brain mm-hmm. the appetite center. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, loss of appetite very close to nausea. And sometimes yeah. vomiting, outright vomiting. Yes. So and and pancreatitis occasionally. Yeah, I know of a patient that actually so vomited I'm, from it. I'm right? not inalterably opposed to these medications, yeah. but I really think pancreatitis big, is not something you want to experience. But big people. caution flag for children. Big yeah. caution flag for children. Yes. Now I do not underestimate the uh, harmful effects of children being obese, and often not, you know, as a matter of. Uh, you know, lack of discipline or, you know, horrendous parenting. Uh, some kids just have a propensity and try as they might, they experience the terrible social stigma. Mm. And, you know, it's a lifetime problem. People who are overweight, they earn less money. They yeah. have more psychological problems. Yeah. Uh, they have health problems. Yes. So it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. I don't minimize that. But, you know, before we rush headlong into these unproven technology into a gastric bypass for a 13 year old right you know uh with we're seeing a, a lot of problems with adults wow. with that you know it, adults have to be super careful with that procedure because 
Yeah, you get nutrient deficiencies, you get osteoporosis, you get... Imagine nutrient deficiency in a growing child. I can't wrap my brain around, you're going to make a 13-year-old iron poor now because they can't... Right. Uh, Brain development and so on. Oh, my goodness. Bone development. Right. Muscle development and so on and so on and so on. So I have, let me say, I have some concerns about it. Mm. Uh, Concerns have been voiced on social media and by mm-hmm. some experts in the media and press yeah. about this uh, statement, which seems to open up the floodgates for these types of interventions. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. So big caution flag on, on that. Um, and I'm very worried. I'm very worried. And, I, and I'm mostly concerned about the parents who would submit to something like that, it's their child to undergo bariatric surgery without, you know, well, I... If you can't get your kid to stop playing well, the video game, you need to take the video game away. It, you know, you know full it, disclosure, I'm not a parent. I know this is much harder than how yeah, I'm yeah. saying it. But, you know, we used to go outside and play when I was a kid. Yeah. That's gone. And the, we, if we come back it's by gone. sundown. Come back by sundown. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And my parents were overprotective, but it was still, you know. Come You're ba- still allowed to go know, out It's and like play. come back before dark. Right. And I'd come back after dark and it'd be like, yeah. Oh my goodness, where were you? And it wasn't. And I didn't have a cell phone. Oh, no cell phone. <laughs> and it was, there was not structured play. It wasn't play dates. It wasn't supervised right. play. It was go, use your imagination, run around, no, kick I, a ball around. I played in, I played yeah. in the alley. I, I rummaged through the garbage cans. Yep. You know, I yep. found like a, uh, like a two by four and I, I did a sword fight with it, you know, or <laughs> That's pretended what it was a bazooka yeah. or something, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, Found like a, an abandoned trailer, pretended yeah. it was a chariot, you know, like like you know, like one of those U-Haul trailers or uh-huh. something like that. Anyway, um, what it seems to me is also there's a, a kind of a lowered threshold for radical intervention with children, and part of that is also this uh, move towards uh, sex uh, alteration surgery. Yeah, uh, you know, gender affirmation surgery in the in the PC term. Uh, but, you know, this is a big deal. It is. And it's being undertaken more frequently uh, with um, an ideology behind it. Yeah. And with... Um, uh, it's also a boon to plastic surgeons. It, it is because, you know, there's a limited number of, uh, you know, adult females with breasts uh, or too big or too small. so you know it's a finite number we can expand that population yeah anyway uh just saying i have concerns oh yeah 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 yeah. i think you're putting it mildly because i i i I just can't wrap my head around performing a gastric bypass for example surgery on a growing child what that will do to them developmentally. There's hope on the way. That, that for, w- I call that child abuse. There's hope on the way for, for intensive lifestyle interventions because I actually had a really interesting guest, uh, Tamara Ray Stevenson, yesterday. And she is, mm-hmm. uh, she works a lot with the African American community and, uh, you know, which is a community where statistically there's a higher incidence of childhood obesity. Yes. And, you know, she is, uh, with a program called, uh, I am Wanda. Uh, which is a women's empowerment, something, 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 you know, where she's uh, teaching women to be kind of uh, barefoot nutritionists in the community Mm. to promote ideas of good health. And also there are programs now with 
school gardens and community gardens. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to get kids engaged, you know, with mm -hmm. food uh, raising and preparation. They respect this the food more. This is where the food comes They're from. They're more likely to try it. Uh, yeah. Because they own it, there's a more buy-in. They help grow I it. I think we need more programs like that, and some of that comes from government, some of that comes from private, you know, yes. initiatives. Uh, I think we need at a community level to expand those programs, and uh, you know, I'm happy to see there's more attention. There was a White House yeah. conference on nutrition that was the first of its kind because they're recognizing what a crisis it was. Uh, you know, I'm a little worried that it's going to get infiltrated by the, the food industry and uh, you know, with unhealthy products that are. Um, it will. You know, greenwashing sort yes. of. Uh, you know, yes, we are all for healthy nutrition. Here, have mm -hmm. a have a uh, have a box of cereal, have a granola bar, you know, kind of thing. Uh, what? But yeah. it, it, we need to work on this because you, it, you know, the, the expression is, how are you going to keep them down on the farm after they've seen gay Paris? That's like your taste buds. When your yes. taste buds have experienced like like blowout. Flavors. Super hyper palatable, hijack yeah. your brain type flavors. You can't go. There's no. You there's no turning back. back. There's yeah. no turning back. So you really have to exercise restraint with kids. And I know it's tough because the kids are grabbing at it and they see it on TV and we're in an obesogenic environment. Yes. We have to start with the kids. Mm -hmm. So this pediatric thing is very important because, like, by the time you're an adult, your chances of reversing obesity are very small. Yeah. Uh, it can be done. It can, yeah, but, but it's harder to do because eating habits are really established in the form of years. We had a lovely case of a lady. She mm -hmm. lost, what, 45 pounds with healthy diet and exercise. And mm -hmm. she's uh, older, which is 70 plus. Remember the, the, the she, she, she then she brought her husband. Yes, yes. And her husband needs that treatment too. Yes, I know who But she's right. on a roll and she's so excited and she she's is. really... Uh, feels so much better and she's all She's eating stuff. beautiful low-carb meals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, She's even High done, done this in view of, food. she had a, a, like a spinal fracture, and now she's able to exercise again because she shed a lot of that weight. It was putting pressure on her back. And, yes. You know. So anyway, um, can be done, can but it's, be just, done. it's better to start early. And that's why yeah. it's a well-meaning initiative by the AAP, mm -hmm. but, you know, what are we going to do? Okay. Uh, so... Good point at which to pause before we take questions and allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share an important message with you. So here goes. Listen up. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Youthful Energy, providing you with a unique energy support of pure NT Factor. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor from Nutritional Therapeutics repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years. With a 45-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158. 800-982-9158 or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. They, of course, are what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you. And now back to, or let's begin this week's questions. Actually, Dr. Hoffman, we, we've got a couple of comments here that that. that I, I really need to read to you. Uh, this is from Leslie. Dear Dr. Hoffman, I wrote to you last week about the Damar Hamlin situation. After I sent my letter, I listened to your weekend podcast where you logically assessed the situation, including the potential impact of the COVID vaccination in your assessment. 
I want to commend you for your rational, calm, and balanced way of analyzing this event. I really appreciate and enjoy your well-thought-out assessments. I mostly appreciate your ability to critically think through issues without bias. Amen to that. Leslie, I agree. Yes, most people, notably doctors, have lost this ability, which I find so disheartening. Thank you for always being the voice of reason. I faithfully listen to your Q&A with Layla podcasts. I don't always agree with you, but I very much appreciate and respect your thoughtful analysis. So, what a wonderful comment. What a wonderful comment, and thank you. Thank you, you Leslie. And back at you, Leslie, I got to say, there's two types of critics. There are trolls. Yes, keyboard warriors. Right, who just (laughs) just want to tee off on anything you say that rubs them wrong. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who, and I welcome criticism Mm -hmm. uh, because it gives me an opportunity to refine and clarify my viewpoints. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, And this is an example of someone who uh, criticized, then listened, and then formed a more balanced and rational, uh, yeah. you know, assessment of what I had to say with an open mind. So mm-hmm. back at you. I, I also a similar thing happened uh, on my weekend show. We had we get recorded questions. Eight seven 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 two six eight two five five is the number to call anytime during the weekend. You can record a question, and this was a comment, and it was a person who was really shocked that I had Dr. Peter McCullough on my podcast. And what she said is, Dr. Robin, aren't you afraid, or don't you care about your reputation uh, and your responsibility to uh, listeners by putting on a guy who has these uh, very extreme views about vaccines? And I answered, I hope, in the spirit of you know what mm-hmm. I was commended for by this listener, which is that, um, you know, first of all, I, I don't agree entirely and espouse everything that my guests talk about. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, I recently had a podcast on the subject of psychedelics, and we'll talk about that because there's a a letter, uh, there's an email about that. Uh, And, you know, I I personally am not interested in taking a psychedelic, nor am I urging my patients to... Actually, no, I had a patient today who had PTSD. Yes. Uh, He's a former uh, serviceman, and he uh, was on, you know, in combat in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, Mm -hmm. and he came back with PTSD. Yeah. And it's been quite debilitating. He's doing very much better now through, uh, you know, hypnosis and, you know, psychoanalysis and and meditation. But he was... uh, Listened to my podcast, and he said, well, maybe I'll try that, you know, to see if I can gain insights. And I said, well, please try it in a setting that is very supervised and, uh, you know, maybe through the VA or, yes. you know, through a program where they expertly deal with pe- people. Right. Like, Don't just yeah. go like, oh, I'm going to get some ayahuasca or LSD. I'm going to go some, smoke some peyote. Or, you know, <laughs> you know, get, I'm going to score some psilocybin and, you know, have oh, a trip. No. You know, you want to do it in, or, uh, in a controlled in setting. A controlled setting. So anyway, so the point is, I don't entirely espouse the views. But I got to say that uh, Peter McCullough, who is a critic of vaccines, he has moved from the fringe much more towards the mainstream in view of what's happening on the vaccine front. A, the relative lack of efficacy of the most recent vaccines, yes, which is coming to light, despite the protestations of the White House and the CDC, you know, get your booster, blah, blah, blah. And B, mm-hmm. Investi- serious investigation worldwide of the 
harms of the vaccine. Now, admittedly, they may occur uh, relatively infrequently. And it's the Dr. McCullough's view that virtually everyone who takes the vaccine is going to experience sooner or later adverse effects. I certainly hope that's not the case, having yeah. taken the vaccine myself. I'm very worried about people who've taken it. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but I, I, I got to say, I, I did not experience adverse effects so far. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, maybe I'm in a fool's paradise, but I feel better than I've felt in my entire life. Uh, so I, I'm pretty convinced that it is uh, a frequent, unfortunately, mm -hmm. but not prevalent yeah. effect of the vaccines yeah. and that they may confer some protection. So I'm, I don't entirely agree with it. So the mm. point was, uh, I got this criticism. Uh, my, my, my producer said, hey, you don't really want to talk to this lady. Because uh, it's, you know, you, this is may blindside you on the earth. And she said, no, bring it on, because I want to address her in a rational, reasonable way. Because I can see how that could rub some people wrong. Absolutely. People are scared. Yes. They have invested in the vaccine. Maybe maybe many of them have taken multiple boosters. Yeah, exactly. And, and they don't want to hear from someone who says that it's harmful or dangerous. Yeah. Or that they've been wrong. That's yeah, Or maybe it's a political thing. You know, mm -hmm. they think that this is like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like some uh, vast right-wing conspiracy that, uh, you know, people are doubting, you yeah. know, they're vaccine deniers or something. And, uh, it, right. and by the way, you know, this is not to impute all vaccines because I'm, you know, pro-vaccine. Mm -hmm. Uh, to, to a certain extent, selectively. Just yes, like this selectively. lady says, you've got to evaluate everything exactly. on its merits. And we have yet another comment about what you're just talking Please, about go. from Gene, Dr. Yeah. Hoffman. I just want to thank you for the excellent response to the recorded call regarding the COVID vaccination and the questions. So it's not a one-off. Around yeah. It's not a one-off. You know, keep presenting all sides and sanity. A long-time listener, Gene. Yes. Good deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, good. So, so that resonated with our mm -hmm. listeners. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, surprisingly, uh, we need to break. You're kidding. We divide our podcast into two parts. Give us a preview of what we're going to tackle in part two. We'll get. We'll make sure to get to as many questions as yeah. we can. As if we can get away from the topic of vaccine. Oh. Which pneumonia vaccine okay. should I take? Okay. okay. Yeah, it's the third rail of medicine. It's <laughs> like you know, you, you you can't please all of the people all of the time. Okay. Um, We'll be back in just a moment. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.